Welcome to the Silver Screen Podcast. I'm Jared Boomer. And I'm Katie Ganey West. This is a podcast about movies and pop culture. And today, reviewing another Best Picture nominee, that is the movie Tar. Kate Blanchett plays a classical music composer, so we'll uh, get into our thoughts on that one today. Definitely an interesting movie. It's not going to appeal to everybody. I think this is one of the more artsy Oscar films, yeah. and we've done a few of those so far, but I, the ones we've done, I could see how a gen, you know a person that maybe doesn't watch a lot of movies a year would still enjoy it. This one, I feel like you really got to be into this to really love it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So we'll talk about that today on the episode. Uh, first for news, though, the BAFTAs were last night when we're recording this, which is the British Film Awards. Yeah. Um, uh, and a good indicator sometimes of what might win at the Academy Awards next month. So All Quiet on the Western Front won the most awards, won seven mm-hmm. awards, including Best Film and Best Director. And then Outstanding British Film was The Banshees of Inishirin. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Best Animated Film, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Obviously. And then um, Best Lead Actress was Kate Blanchett for this movie we're about to talk about. And Best Lead Actor was Austin Butler for Elvis. Yes. So, I heard yeah. a couple things. I Did you hear they announced the wrong actress did well, not did no, they it, no it was really sad though well from what i read troy kotzer was okay announcing it who is deaf you know who we yeah yep. who is a person who is deaf who we we really enjoy jared and i do yeah and he was announcing it and someone i don't know how this happened i didn't read how it happened but he said carrie mulligan for she said okay but it was Kate. I okay. am positive without even seeing footage that Carrie Mulligan was super gracious about it. I'm not worried about it, um, especially because Troy is someone who happens to be deaf. But sad that that happened. Um, also, yeah. Austin Butler. So I thought that was interesting. I'm glad he's getting recognition because I do think he put forth. I I definitely was of the camp that he was extremely impressive as Elvis. I loved him as Elvis. However, I really want Brendan Fraser to win. So I'm hoping he'll get yeah, the Oscar. Yeah, I feel like and Brendan was the front runner for a while, but now Austin's winning at all this yeah. stuff, like the Golden Globes and now the BAFTAs. So. But the Oscars love, they don't love young pretty boys. They wait until they're older, for real. This always happens. Brendan is such a comeback kid. I just feel like he's getting it. I could be wrong. And I don't know if this year, if my heart is leading me with like correct guesses or if I'm just doing what I want to win. But I hope Brendan gets it. I was reading, though, that the Directors Guild Awards were very different from the winners of the BAFTAs and that that's interesting because a lot of times people say the Oscars like those will line up and kind of give you a good direction. And they were completely different from what I read. So that was interesting. And I'm lastly, I am not surprised in the slightest that Banshees and All Quiet on the Western Front were revered by the British Arts and Film Television Academy or whatever, because... Of course they would be. They're both like European films. Yeah, that would you know? that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, that's uh basically it for news, just the BAFTAs as we get, yes. you know, closer and closer to the Academy Awards coming up here very soon. So um some recommendations now. I only have one recommend. It's a book I started reading. It's called A Night of the Living Res by yes. Morgan Talty. Um, I saw that on your Goodreads, my Goodreads, but you're, yeah. but you, and I was intrigued by this. Tell me. I think it. it's how you say his name. So, um, mm-hmm. but basically, it's about a native community in Maine 
So it's it's oh. short stories. So it's like twelve, I think twelve or thirteen short stories in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm about halfway done with it right now. So it's pretty good. Um, I haven't read a short story collection in a while, but I like reading those because yeah. they're, you know they're short, so you can read one twenty pages and then come back and read another one or whatever. So. Right. Yeah, but I, I like it so far. It's a good short story collection. So Awesome. Well, I have three recommendations, but I will keep it brief. So I read, I was given this as a gift, a graphic novel, which I don't read a lot of those, mm-hmm. called Always Never by Jordi Lefebvre, I think. I think if it's French, it's Lefebvre. You know, it's just kind <laughs> of like the R, it's not there. Um, it was excellent. And I was shocked by how much I loved this. Um, just because it's a graphic novel, I wasn't really sure. It is... It's a beautiful, it's like a love story, but there's some gut-wrenching moments to it. And I was just surprised. I read it just in one sitting. I couldn't stop. But um, since it is a graphic novel, it's not like you're sitting for four hours, four plus hours reading it. It takes about under two. Um, but it was excellent. And I was just shocked by how how much emotion I felt when it, considering it was a graphic novel. So that was great. Um then I also finished a book and I have had a very, just as I suspected, a very poor reading month because of the play being in full full swing. But I also read Fenley Donovan is Killing It by El okay. Cosimano. That has been on my to be read list for probably a year and a half, almost two years. It was so cute. And I'm sure a lot of people, it's definitely kind of like an Instagram social media popular book, but it's about a mom. She's a a divorcee with two young kids. She's kind of in the middle of the custody battle and she is a writer, but she's at a Panera bread, which is also just very American mom. Like, of course she's at a Panera bread and someone (laughs) mistakes her for a contract killer. And so they hire her to kill someone. And she's like, Ooh, I don't know that I want to jump to murder. I just write books about murder. So that becomes a whole thing. But it reminded me of, uh, I'm, I love the Janet Ivanovich series about Stephanie Plum. And I've talked about that before on here. And a lot of my friends love them. I think this is like the, uh, like the brand new or the first Stephanie Plum series. Like when you start to fall in love with the characters and it was so witty and just so quick and fun. And I, I almost thought this was better. <laughs> like it was just, I liked the characters. It was intriguing. And I also was surprised how she was able to either not to ruin it, but like evade murder or somehow mm-hmm. just not be quite as involved. Um, I don't want to ruin it. That's all I can say. Okay. But I, it was really interesting and it shocked me and I was surprised by how much I liked it. Uh, and the characters are great. And there's three of them. So I'm going to read the other two for sure. And then lastly, Jared, have you heard of or started watching Perfect Match on Netflix? I have not. No. Okay. So only the first four episodes are out as of today, the 20th of February. I've watched two. It takes a bunch of I, I'm only watching it because it's kind of like crap television, you know, that you can just it's like mindless television. I shouldn't say crap. It's mindless. You don't have to. think. Yeah, it's taking a bunch of reality stars from Netflix shows who like either got engaged like Love is Blind. They either didn't get married or they broke up or whatever, but it takes them from like the circle, Love is Blind, the mole and a couple others. And they're all put together and it's like a competition. It's kind of like Survivor, but to fall in love. And it's ridiculous. And the people are all really pretty arrogant and whatever else. But it's just mindless crud. And I love it. (laughs) So I've watched two episodes. But if you're interested in Love is Blind or any of those other shows like I am and you've watched them on Netflix, you'll know the people. So it's it's fun to watch. Perfect match. Yes. And Nick Lachey is the host because he and his wife have been hosting a lot of those. Yeah. Very nice. 
And now we'll get into our discussion of the movie Tar, released on October 28th, uh, wide release, and then December 20th, streaming. I believe this is on Peacock now. Is that correct? Yes, that's where I watched it. Okay. Yep. Okay. So if you have It is Peacock, still there as of two days ago, so... <laughs> You can check out Tar there. It's rated R for some language and brief nudity. And then runtime is two hours and 38 minutes. Another long movie. Uh, IMDb is a 7.5 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes critics, 91%. Audience, 73%. And this did not make a ton of money at the box office. Uh, $6.5 million domestically, $13.8 million worldwide. So... Probably a little lower than they were expecting. You know, you get a movie with Kate Blanchett, yeah. you probably think that's going to make at least maybe $30, $40 million mm -hmm. when all is said and done. So, um, and I don't the know that this is. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I don't know. It's a movie, though, that I would look at the marketing and be super interested. And I definitely have a comment about the marketing later, which seems to be a theme that has come up in many of the Oscar nominees you and I have watched so far this year that the marketing, not even just Oscar nominees, but marketing is not accurately depicting what the film is about. Yeah, I would I would agree that's the case for this one too. Mm -hmm. So, um, the synopsis for this one is set in the international world of Western classical music. The film centers centers on Lydia Tarr, widely considered one of the greatest living composer conductors and the very first female director of a major German orchestra. And this movie is nominated for six Oscars, including Best Actress, Best Picture, Best Directing, Best Original Screenplay, Cinematography, and Film Editing. So yes. lots of nominations uh, for the movie Tar, and it's directed by Todd Field. Um, he's done a little bit of everything. He started as a jazz musician, and he also acted. He hasn't directed a ton of films, but he is known for Little Children, In the Bedroom, and Eyes Wide Shut. That's probably his most uh, yeah, well-known project. Yeah, that's the only one I knew. Yeah, of those three, that's the same, the same yeah. thing. That's the only one I knew. So, And he has no upcoming projects listed right now. So... We will take a quick break here on the show. We'll come back, talk about the cast for this movie, which is pretty much just Kate Blanchett, and we'll give our likes and dislikes, too, for Tar. And we're back here on the Silver Screen Podcast talking about Tar. This is really a one-woman show uh, mm -hmm. starring Kate Blanchett in the lead role. Thank you so much, Jared. Yes, Kate. Lots to say about Kate, um, but we we just felt like it was probably best to highlight her. So Kate Blanchett stars in this movie as Lydia Tar. She is, of course, an Australian act actress, best known for Carol, Blue Jasmine, Nightmare Alley, The Aviator, and The Lord of the Rings franchise. She's been nominated for eight ask acting, asking, sorry, acting <laughs> Oscars. <laughs> At least that's what I said. Eight, again, eight acting Oscars and has already won two Best Actress Oscars for Blue Jasmine and The Aviator. If she wins again, she will be tied with Frances McDormand with three acting Oscars. Um, However, Jared, do you happen to know Pop Quiz? Do you happen to know who has the most Oscars uh, of acting the Oscars? Most acting Oscars. Yes, I knew this. I've always known this. Um, are they still one of my alive? No. They're one of my okay. favorite people ever. One of the best act actors ever mm. and love. Audrey Hepburn? No, but Catherine okay. Hepburn. Okay. Very good. <laughs> I think I think Audrey only won once, which sucks. Okay. But, um, for Roman Holiday, her first movie. Yeah. Um, but Catherine Hepburn has won four times. She was amazing. But what's interesting, I just think is fun. Uh, Kate Blanchett play uh, portrayed Catherine Hepburn in The Aviator, which is mm -hmm. one of the movies she won the Oscar for. So if she wins two more times, she'll be tied with someone that she played before, which is interesting. I also always forget that Frances has three. That is yeah, crazy to me. Yeah, me too. So good for her, though. Um, 
Okay. Anyway, if she, uh, so I already told you that. And then next up, she already has five upcoming projects listed. So I wrote down three. Some of them are Brideshead Revisited, which we just mentioned in a previous episode, mm-hmm. Borderlands and Disclaimer. So we'll see how those go. Okay. And then this movie does have good, I would say good supporting actors, but not people that are super famous. And I kind of just didn't want to highlight, but Mark Strong, we definitely know. Um, Mark Strong's in this, Naomi Merlant and Nina Haas. And you might recognize them. I've seen them in other things, but, the, you know, I just felt like Kate's really the highlight of the film. So, yeah, this movie's kind of weird in that it doesn't um, have like storylines that kind of flow throughout the entire movie. So no. like a character might show up for 20 minutes and be really important during that 20 minutes. And then we never see them again for the rest of the movie. So it's very interesting in how they like wrote this out and decided to do the screenplay for this in terms of like storytelling. So we'll get into our likes and dislikes now. Uh, first, like obviously Kate Blanchett is very good in this. Uh, she totally embodies this role of Lydia Tarr. It's very yeah. believable that she could be this classical music composer slash college professor also at the same time she's kind of doing that as well um teaching classes like classical music classes so but she does a really good job in the role you can tell she really understands the role and i think she brings more to the role than probably what was written on the on the page for the script Um, good observation and and really like embodies it so yep couldn't agree more to me kate was maybe the only thing i really liked about the film um (laughs) I agree with you, Jared. I, I hadn't thought that through, but the way you said that, I I love um, that she probably brought more to the role than they even intended. Um, I think she's exquisite, and I I think I I hope I haven't um, misled anyone how much I admire and enjoy Kate Blanchett as an actress. I think she is exceptional, and one of the best living actors we have. I'm just. I, I just I didn't watch this movie and go, we'll give her the Oscar, which I definitely felt about Danielle Deadweiler until um, and even Michelle Yao and Michelle Williams. I haven't seen yet, but Michelle Yao, I even right now I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't be upset by that at all. This movie, I just thought, yeah, that was an Oscar worthy performance. But do I think she should win her third because of it? In my opinion, no, because I expect that kind of acting from Kate in every film. So I'm mm-hmm. never I'm never surprised by it. Um, but she was exquisite in this role. She totally embodied the character. And I think you're kind of supposed to hate her. And I absolutely did. Yeah, same here. So um, also interesting setting for a movie. Obviously, we don't get a lot of movies. Well, now we're getting a lot of movies about classical music composers because this is like the year that all of them are going to come out. Um, We have that one with Bradley Cooper that I think is supposed to come out later this year. Um, And then what's the other one I always forget the name of that's coming out? Maestro is the one with Bradley Cooper. There's another one, though, that's coming out. Oh, Chevalier. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I'm excited really excited about both of those films much more than this one (laughs) yeah so we're getting two movies about composers coming uh in the Mm -hmm. next year or so but the setting is interesting it's not a theme that you see very often in movies so that's to be appreciated so yes i i did like that that was a highlight for me i know i said kate's probably the only thing but she's the only major thing i really enjoyed about the movie but i was in orchestra and i'm not just saying this because i was in it i enjoyed that this focused on like the symphony and professional musicians and composers and how specialized um, and difficult those careers can be. Um, 
I know some people that are professional musicians. I went to school with some that are professional in orchestras now, and I'm so proud of them. And some are classically trained in opera. That's so cool. I could never do those things. Um, Orchestra wasn't something that I say I excelled in, but I did play viola for six years, and I really love classical music. I mean, that is something that I have consistently enjoyed my whole life because of ballet and other things. So I think it's great that they did... I think they should continue to make movies about this because I think people should be introduced to other kinds of music rather than just pop, mainstream, country, alternative. Um, So I like that. And I also particularly like that they talked about composers. I think a lot of times I'm guilty of really loving classical music, but not thinking a lot about composers. So it was neat that they focused on that career choice. I, for instance, until this movie... And my sister-in-law is a music teacher, but I never knew this. I never knew to compose that the left hand was doing something versus the right hand, that one keeps time and one shows the mood. Um, And I'm sure I, in a subconscious way, understood that when I was watching a conductor and playing in orchestra and band, but I never really realized that that was like a specialized thing that they learned. So that was fascinating. I actually learned some new stuff. Uh, Another like that I had was I thought the editing was really cool in this movie. The cinematography, obviously, it's nominated for an Mm -hmm. award for that. But I thought that that was very well done throughout the course of the movie. So just wanted to give a little props to that. Um, I thought that was that was cool. And then another like was just the psychological element, which is kind of a like and a dislike for me, um, which we'll talk more about in the dislikes. But it's it's interesting to see. Kate Blanchett's character kind of like spiral out of control as the movie goes on. And it's more of a slow burn, obviously. But by the end, she's like very manic, but doesn't really mm-hmm. start out that way. She starts out a little bit that way, but definitely as things occur and as stuff happens, she gets more and more manic and unhinged throughout the the course of the film. But I liked that that aspect of it. Yes, so did I. I <laughs> agree with you most of the time, but... Definitely. I thought that it was a like and a dislike because I think the marketing was incorrect. And I also thought I thought there was going to be something like a she was slowly going insane. I didn't think this was going to be what it turned out to be, which spoiler, if you got to turn this off now, come back. Um, I didn't think this was going to be about a suicide or murder. She possibly had a hand in. I think it was a suicide, but um, and also sexual assault allegations. I had that all came out of left field. Um, So I was intrigued by all the stuff that was happening in the movie but in the end it it didn't lead me to the right conclusion either Um, and they had to explain to me what happened do we have any more likes before we move on to Mm. dislikes oh i did like the setting of berlin i think we don't see yeah i have been to berlin which is very cool um but i think we don't see I, I guess we see berlin in action movies and stuff you kind of see like the big like the brandenburg gate and things like that but i it was interesting to see homes different apartments and stuff mm-hmm. in berlin um and then the thing that stood out to me was actually where the young cellist lived that it was covered in graffiti because when i went there they told us graffiti is completely legal and encouraged and they consider that a form of art so they don't mind if anybody does graffiti or tags things and i thought that was interesting and it's very different than the stuff we see here a lot of it really does look like art so i just thought that was an interesting little element that that i happened to know and picked up on in the film yeah that is kind of cool because like you said when you see it in action movies it's like if it's in a mission impossible or a james bond movie yeah maybe we're there for 20 30 minutes and then right. we move on to another city and it's not like we're really exploring the city that much it's like here's a couple buildings that you know daniel craig can run on top of for this yeah. action sequence so and berlin was very <laughs> um cosmopolitan it was very posh it was very 
Um, like there were a lot of street musicians and people performing for money, but they were really good. And I do remember I had a couple run-ins similar to Paris where some people were less than polite, but Hmm. overall I went to, I think three or four cities in Germany and really enjoyed it. It kind of exceeded my expectations. Nice. So, um, let's move into dislikes now for this movie because there's not, there's not a lot of likes here. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the dislikes is this movie is very pretentious. Uh, It is like, I am better than you, and I know that I'm better than you, and you will never understand all the stuff that's going on in this movie that we're not going to just like explicitly say, but you're going to have to like read seven articles on to figure out what our meaning was of that particular part. Like, that's just kind of the vibe for the whole movie. And I don't mind those type of movies that are like, maybe I have to think a little bit more, or maybe I need to pay attention or maybe there's a deeper meaning here to some things but when a lot of the plot for the movie is that and like you know all the messages of the movie are basically that way it definitely kind of comes off the wrong way to like the average i like to think of the average movie fan when we review these yeah. of like somebody that like just enjoys watching movies and i don't know that you would really like this uh if you know if you're not like an uppity up so Exactly. And to me, really, if somebody said describe the film, the first word I would think is pretentious. And I don't think that's a good sign. I never want that to be a descriptor of a film. Um, And I do think it was a choice. I think they wanted, I do think they wanted people to feel less than, like they don't understand it's supposed to be cerebral and complex and all of that. But Jared, you put that perfectly. This is not an every man kind of movie or every woman kind of movie. Um, And even someone like I happen to have some background in music. I definitely know how to read music and play music, but like I've even been in orchestra and stuff and have a lot of friends that do this. And even I was like, wait, what? And so much just went over my head and it wasn't even just talking about music. It was every storyline. I didn't, there was so much by the end of the film. I didn't understand. I just had to Google it. And I think that's a really bad sign. Like when you don't know that like the main allegation was sexual assault by the end, I feel like that's a real real big red flag. And I don't know if I'm dumb, but I just didn't, I didn't get it. No, I didn't pick up on some of those things either. So I, yeah, I think that it, like you said, it was very pretentious. So, mm-hmm. um, and we just had a lot of questions when it was over. So yeah. I would have liked, I would have liked to like, she's making an album during this movie or whatever, like a, re- not really an album, uh, yeah, but like a, a record, recording, a recording of playing, uh, is it Brahms? Who is she talking it's about? Oh Mahler. Is it Mahler? Mahler's okay, Fifth yeah. Symphony, which is very, very famous. Most people would recognize the music from that. Yeah. So I would have liked more in the terms of that storyline because I think that would have been yeah. more interesting. And you get a little bit of it, like when she's shooting the cover for the mm-hmm. album or whatever and a few other things. But I think that would have been an interesting storyline to follow is like, what is and that could have made for a really interesting movie is like what is the process going to be for us recording this live performance and that could have added some pressures and things as well like it has to be you know perfect because we're recording it and it's going to be archived and we're going to you know sold and all that stuff so yeah i thought that was a plot that was kind of just like shoehorned in there that i would have liked maybe a little bit more on yes and questions this is something i've obviously thought over the last few days about this but on the fly here are questions i was left with what was the conflict here? Uh, did the woman kill herself or did Lydia kill her? Um, was Pe- who? How was Petra conceived? And I don't mean that as in, I don't mind that they were in a lesbian relationship, but like there's just no answered questions about like how this child showed up, who this child belongs to. I couldn't tell if they were still married or in the middle of a divorce. 
Uh, I didn't understand the multiple apartments. I didn't understand if the cellist was almost a figment of her imagination. I didn't understand why she cared about the woman with the boots in the bathroom. Um, and she, she obviously didn't want her to have whatever the first chair was, but it was weird. I don't even know what the point of that was. Um, I didn't understand Mark Strong was even a composer. I had no idea that that's what was going on. I thought he was just a colleague who like either conducted music or was like an agent or a publicist. I had no idea what his job was, even after that long conversation they have in the restaurant. So only in the end, when she tries to hurt him, did I realize he was a composer. Um, And then the other thing, this is small, but she's in the bathroom at another time. And it's, I can tell she's nervous. I think that's what they're trying to get across, but her feet are not on the ground. And then suddenly she puts them down on the ground. And I was like, what was going on there? Just confused. I was just confused about so many things. And I didn't understand what the point was of the film. And it felt like it took two hours and 38 minutes to get somewhere. And we never really arrived at a conclusion, except that she's crazy. Yeah, um, I would agree. So the only thing that the only question there that I can answer for you, I think a little bit. Tell me, please. Anything you can tell me is great. The bathroom thing. So like the first time she goes in there, she's in the bathroom and she sees that uh, Russian girl, Olga. And I think the reason they show the shoes is because the audition is like a blind audition. So when she's auditioning, she sees the shoes again and knows that it's her. And that's why she decides to like give her preferential treatment or whatever um, and gives her like that soloist spot. And I don't think I caught it was Olga. I thought it was somebody else else and yeah. that she chose didn't choose that woman because she wanted i guess i like knew in a way she wanted olga but i didn't understand why i thought it was a different woman that she saw in the bathroom yeah. okay that but makes like, a lot more sense but like that one example is like how the whole movie is like that's what yeah. it's trying the plot is like it's trying to do you have to just figure it out yourself and like yeah. you had seven or eight things there and i could talk about one that i understood yeah. um you know of those seven or eight and the, the rest of them i just oh, i had a lot of questions as well and then you get you go through this movie and it's you know two hours 40 minutes or whatever and two hours of 20 minutes of it not a lot is happening and then no. the last 15 minutes she performs the symphony runs up gets like runs up on stage and attacks somebody goes yeah. crazy and it's like that all happened just and then the movie's over it's so well and i read one article they were like this movie's a slow burn you get all these payoffs at the end and i was like no it was just slow and there were zero payoffs and honestly i would enjoy i kate is such a good actress i'd watch an audition tape and would have found it more interesting and rewarding than this film and the last okay the the woman that was her uh, personal assistant which i'm trying to find that woman's name right now uh francesca Mm -hmm. that was her personal assistant she ends up not picking her to be like a soloist or something. I didn't quite understand why she didn't pick her or why she let her on. And then that woman disappears and we never see her again. And I was just like, what, what was the point of that? Um, I think the point, I guess I kind of know the point of some of these things. It's, it's that no one meant anything to her. Um, and she was willing to step on anyone she needed to step on to get to be number one. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought it was interesting uh, that, Oh, and another thing, uh, her wife, I think her wife, um, which is Sharon. Yeah, Sharon, um, played by Nina Haas. She says everything in your life has been transaction tra- transactional except for your daughter. Even that I didn't understand. Um, and then there was one other thing that just left me like, oh, the whole interaction she has with the young gay man at Juilliard. That, I think that's just so you hate her and to see she's pretentious. 
Um, I think she's saying, I'm a lesbian. How does that make me special? And I think she's trying to say, like, it doesn't matter if the composers were like white chauvinist pigs uh, because they wrote beautiful music. Mm -hmm. But I just felt like that whole interaction was so confusing by the end. I was like, what was that? I don't I don't know if she's against gay men. I don't know if she's for all composers. I don't know if she's like for white chauvinist pigs. That was so confusing. And that scene that could have been a scene like in Babylon that really paid off where they were trying to get the sound. And you see the same thing over and over. And it's like 30 minutes of watching something over and over. But at the end, you just see how difficult it was to film something with sound when you'd never had it before. This scene was like that long. And at the end, there were 18 questions and I had no idea what happened and I was bored. Yeah. Yep. I would I would agree. So um, I, I like this review. I'm on Rotten Tomatoes right now, just looking at some reviews. Good, yeah, yeah. Um, this one's from Phoebe Chin of The okay. Nation. And I think it kind of sums up kind of what you've been saying a lot, Katie. Mm-hmm. It, she said, by withholding memory and any substantial, uh, subs- substance, sorry. Substantial? Substantive. Uh, oh, yeah. substantive. Yes, I, substantive. so hard. It's such a hard word. <laughs> Evocation of Tar's childhood, Field avoids the rationale of a backstory. Her abhorrent behavior is yes. never given a legible motivation and therefore partial absolution. So Thank you. Yes. That really sums it up well. That's and that's it. kind of like our big complaint with it as, as well. So it's yeah. also too long. We mentioned that a little bit. So but. long. And I don't get as bothered by long movies, but to, for another frame of reference for people, we're also next we're reviewing All Quiet on the Western Front. It's almost to the minute the same length. I watched them both this weekend and I was fascinated by All Quiet on the Western Front. Everything that was happening, even though it's a war story, we've seen a lot of them, even though it's depressing and all these things. I was so engaged. I was so interested. I wanted to see what was happening and I understood what was happening. And I was left with almost no questions at the end. And this movie was the complete opposite. Yet people are raving about it. It's also a Best Picture nom. And I think the only thing that was really remarkable was Kate's performance, Mm -hmm. which I still don't think should win, but it probably will. So the plot for this movie on Wikipedia is only six paragraphs. Uh, I guess really seven. There's another really short one. Um, yeah. But that's not really enough plot for a three-hour movie. No. Um, when I can go on Wikipedia and read the entire plot in six paragraphs, you know, read the plot in three minutes. Yes. And that's not really enough for a whole movie. So mm-hmm. and I'm not saying Wikipedia is going to give you every detail of what happens in the plot, but reading this, it sums it up pretty well in terms yeah. of what happens throughout the movie. So... Um, another dislike is the false marketing. So when this trailer came out, I was actually excited to see this. This movie from the trailer looked like it was going to be a psychological thriller where Kate Blanchett kind of goes insane, has all these demons that she's dealing mm-hmm. with, is so much pressure on her. And how is she going to deal with that? And the, the trailer is a very good trailer in terms of like making you interested in the movie. The problem is the trailer is not really what the movie's about. The movie is very slow. Not a lot of stuff happens. The trailer makes it seem like it's going to be an action-packed thrill ride the whole time, and that's definitely not what happens here. Yes. And I changed my letterbox score. I'm just trying to be more true to myself this year, and I think sometimes I worry because somebody rates something highly or it has a lot of buzz that that is the way I should feel at the end, and I just totally disagree with this one. Um, and now I'm hoping because I dog on this movie so much, I hope it doesn't win everything at the Oscars because that tends to happen where I hate the film that wins. Um, I will say based on other things I've watched, I don't think this is going to get best picture. I really don't. 
Do you no, have any I don't thoughts think on so. that? Okay. I don't think this is getting best picture. I no. think this might have a chance for, let's see here. What was it nominated for again? Well, I think Kate has a chance. Yeah, I think yeah. Kate has it. Cinematography, though, is very hard to win when you go up against a war movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because war movies almost always win. Well, and I think about like what they're shooting in All Quiet on the Western Front, like the sequences oh. they're capturing and what oh they're capturing in this movie. And it's like night and day in terms of how difficult yeah. it would be. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I could see Kate winning for Best Actress. And then Best Original Screenplay, probably not. Um, I think there's some really good screenplays this year. So I see like Banshees of Inishirin winning that, or uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think this win. I this this might get a win for Kate, but I think that might be its only win uh, on the yeah. evening. So, but that's so Kate. If she wins, is almost as upsetting to me as if Anna won for Blonde, because mm-hmm. I just think if there's nothing good about the film except one actor, and you look at a film like Everything Everywhere All at Once or Banshees of Inishirin, where the entire ensemble and almost everything else is nominated for something, that should tell you a lot, I think. So anyway, I just, I, I think I've dogged on this enough, but I just was so disappointed by this movie and I wouldn't recommend it to a soul. No, you feel all three hours of this. Um, yeah. So yeah, just uh, unless you really enjoy classical music, um, but even like you said, Katie, like, you know, yeah. you played... Uh, an instrument for many, yeah. many years. And you know about, and you know, your sister-in-law is a music teacher. So mm-hmm. like, you've got a lot of connections there. Uh, yeah. And you know, you were even bored by it. So I don't, I don't know if I can even recommend this to somebody that really loves classical music. <laughs> no, or uh, And you don't you know. learn a lot about classical music either. No. I think you learn more about com- compositions and composers than anything else. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I just not a huge fan. I also dropped mm-hmm. down my letterbox score as well. So. I'm really, I'm sorry. I, no. no, I, I don't need to apologize. I, I feel bad when I get so riled up about a movie, but I do think, like, if I feel this strongly about it, I usually have reasons to back it up. And this movie was just an enormous disappointment. Mm-hmm. I would agree. So, are we ready for our grades, our yes. scores? I okay, think I'm I first. Think, I think you are first. Um, I'm going with a straight 60. Okay. Uh, I think that's generous. Um, I mainly am giving it 60 because of Kate's acting. Um, I do think the the caliber of the film is probably higher than a lot of films I will see this year. But I just think it was so disappointing at every turn. I have no idea what really even happened in the film. And I think you could have had a great half hour of television that told this story. I don't... Yeah. I cannot believe how much praise this is getting um it's it was awful so 60 Mm -hmm. and you're welcome because it should have been a 30 but 60 i guess i'll go a little bit higher than you because i have it i have it at three and a half on letterboxd right now it was four but i dropped it down when we were talking so um i think i'll go 65 for this one so i mean i did like the the cinematography and stuff and and Mm -hmm. things like that. And I thought Kate's performance was good, but yeah, just very boring overall and uh, very slow uh, and very pretentious as well. So I think of a movie like the social network, which is also kind of pretentious, like in terms that it's like about Mark Zuckerberg and he's just kind of a pretentious person. But, but like the way that that movie like uses the script to tell the story and like goes so much faster through things, even though it's about a, a person that maybe you don't connect with 
as as like an audience member, like you're not like yeah. rooting for them per se. Right. Um, you know, I thought that 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 obviously if you compare it to this movie, which they're totally different, but like they both kind of deal with like pretentious people. So well, I yeah, just in that, of that movie, I never rooted for Zuckerberg and definitely don't now. But that movie had conflict and drama and mm-hmm. you knew why people were mad. You knew what was at stake. You knew what they were fighting over. You knew who was on whose side. That all made sense. I didn't have yeah. any questions at the end of that, no. except like, ooh, how'd the lawsuits end up? Yeah, like, is this actually how it happened in real life? Yeah. was my main question after that. So, yeah. yeah, but this is just very slow. And like you said, could have been 30 minutes, could have been, I think if this would have been an hour and a half movie, I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more. Mm-hmm. So why is it two hours and 38 minutes? Well, we'll never know. So... <laughs> Okay, well, that's this episode of the Silver Screen Podcast. You can follow the show on social media at Podcast Silver on Twitter and Instagram. Just search the Silver Screen Podcast on Facebook, and you can like us there. And our letterbox profiles are in the description for the show, so you can click down there, follow us on Letterbox. And on our next episode of the show, we're going to be reviewing another Best Picture nominee, All Quiet on the Western Front, which is on Netflix. If you have not seen it, that's where you can watch it. It's also in German, so you can... They have a lot of different options, though. You can watch it in the language with subtitles. You can watch the dub version. They got... Netflix does a lot of... has a lot of options Mine defaulted. I didn't even have the option, which is crazy. But mine defaulted to dubbed in English, which was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, So that'll be our next episode of the show, All Quiet on the Western Front. Until next time, we'd like to thank the Academy.